This is exactly right. Hi, I'm Erin Welsh. And I'm Erin Almond Updike, and we're the hosts of This Podcast Will Kill You on Exactly Right. We're back with our seventh season, which is bigger and better than ever. Because guess what? We're now a weekly show. This season, we're tackling everything from long COVID to norovirus, from the supplement industry to IVF, and so, so much more. New episodes drop every single Tuesday. Follow This Podcast Will Kill You wherever you get your podcasts. To my favorite murder, the mini-sode. This is the short one. Yeah, we read your letters. Yeah, and then you read them back to us. Is that how? And it works? we all stay alive in the new America. Holy shit! Holy shit! Holy shit! We are doing it's this happening. on a Sunday afternoon, knowing full well that the world might be over by Monday. So please, we, anything could happen. But I would like to say, amazing action has taken place in the past forty-eight hours. Mm-hmm. Incredible brave amazing shit and people are rising up it's very inspirational mm-hmm. if you have any extra money go find either on social media there's plenty of lists of uh, bail funds for protesters who are out there letting it speaking truth to power and cannot be in jail during a covid fucking pandemic that's right so and please. more than likely don't deserve to be in jail um right. so, have been rounded up right. unfairly i mean yeah. there's some shit going down but the good news is it's going down on everybody's uh little camera phone right and you guys know we are here for you we support black lives matter if you don't know that about us you haven't been listening Okay, you go first. Or do you want to go? You don't have to. All right. Do you want to go do that? Forth. Okay, then go, I'll go first. Go forth. I'll go forth <laughs> and go first. Could you wait? I'll go three times and you'll go forth. <laughs> Perfect. This is called Leo Frank and ADL Connections, which of course is the uh, Anti-Defamation League. Hey team, our grandfather was a civil rights activist and the director of the ADL in New Orleans from 1964 to 1992. At times he worked with the most prolific civil rights leaders of the 1960s and 70s. He prevented several bombings and attacks on churches and individuals. And because of this, he and his contemporaries were targeted by the KKK because of their work. But they wouldn't back down. On June 12th, 1964, a white supremacist named Byron De La Beckwith, uh, a.k.a. the asshole of the story, assassinated civil rights activist Medgar Evers outside his home in front of his wife and three children. Beckwith wasn't arrested until June 21st of 1963, but the jury deadlocked. He wasn't prosecuted and convicted until 1994. Beckwith hated our grandfather because he thwarted effects to bomb a black church. The FBI called to let our grandfather know that Beckwith was coming to assassinate him just in time for our grandfather to begrudgingly leave his home with his wife, father and daughter in tow. Quote, I won't let a bigot remove me from my home, he said, but they did end up leaving for safety reasons and because of his strong Jewish wife, our amazing grandmother, who is still alive at age 93. Shortly after, a dear friend of our grandfather's, a policeman who was formerly Irish Catholic who converted to Judaism and then oh. said, yes, really. <laughs> it's like <laughs> half me and half you. Um, <laughs> That's right. Caught Byron De La Beckwith on the Lake Pontchartrain. 
Pontchartrain. Pontchartrain. Pontchartrain Causeway. Thank you. On the Lake Pontchartrain Causeway Bridge with a ticking time bomb, guns and a map with our grandfather's house circled on it. He said, quote, I don't know whose guns and timed bomb and maps these are, he reportedly said when he was caught. Sure, Jan. He was sentenced to three years in Angola prison for conspiracy to commit murder. After his 1994 conviction, he spent the remainder of his life up until his death in jail for the assassination of Medgar Evers. Even David Duke had some choice words for our Papa B. Quote, that man will never die a natural death. Joke's on him. He died of a heart attack. (laughs) Jokes aside, though, our Papa B was a damn badass who created a legacy of fighting racism and anti-Semitism in the South. We're proud to carry on his legacy as best we can. Someday we hope to write a screenplay about the story. Please use your, and then there's like cute little lines, Hollywood Connections, trademark, to get Meryl Streep to play our grandma. (laughs) To stay stay sexy and carefully piss off the KKK, Marlana and Abby. Wow. That's like his that's around her kitchen table. Like that's historical family shit. Yeah. It's interesting that you should read that because this one goes right along with it. It says murderers are bad, but racist murders are worse. Uh, hello everyone. Uh, I live in Montgomery, Alabama. There are lots of things that Alabama is known for. Country music, sweet tea, horrible education, etc. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, what we are most famous for perhaps is slavery, racism, and the civil rights movement. Wow. Being, being a minority in this environment has never been ideal, but thankfully I was able to go out of state for college. On September 19th, 1963, a bomb exploded in the basement of the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama. The church had a predominantly black congregation and was a meeting place for civil rights leaders. The bomb exploded before the Sunday morning service and killed four girls, 14-year-old Addie Mae Collins, Cynthia Wesley, and Carol Robertson and 11-year-old Denise McNair. Mm. 10-year-old Sarah Collins, who was in the restroom at the time of the explosion, lost her right eye, and more than 20 other people were injured in the blast. Birmingham at the time fostered one of the most violent chapters of the KKK, and their police commissioner, Bull Connor, was known for his approval of violent attacks against the black community. Bombings of African-American homes, community leaders, community centers, and schools were so common, the city got the name Bombingham. After this church bombing, thousands of protesters flooded the streets, and police forcefully broke up the crowd, killing two young men in the process. Everyone in Alabama knew that Klan members were responsible for the bombing and the four girls' deaths, but the state of Alabama never conducted a proper investigation nor put anyone on trial. Fourteen years later, Klan leader Robert E. Chambliss was convicted for the murder and eventually died in jail. The case was again reopened to try three more suspects, also Klan members, Thomas Blanton, Bobby Frank Cherry, and Herman Frank Cash. In 2002, 39 years after the bombing, Blanton and Cherry were convicted and imprisoned, but Cash died before he could be tried. My friend's father was one of the prosecution attorneys who convicted Blanton and Cherry in 2002, and his eyes got a bit puffy when he would retell the story. I'm not sure if it was out of sadness for the deaths of four innocent children or out of anger that white supremacist trash murderers were able to live 39 years with no repercussions probably both i guess the jokes on them though because their actions caused national outrage and led directly to the civil rights act of 1964 and the voting rights act of 1965 hate never wins wow thank you for writing that in um thank you for letting us say that read that yeah awesome amazing thank you audrey thanks for writing that in this is it's so important to talk about the things people do 
to show support, you know, and and the lives that get lost because of these fucking monsters. Well, also the lives that are touched because it's there's lots of people connected to these movements whose stories don't get told because you only hear the biggest or the most. But, you know, things like that, where it's like my friend's grandfather was the prosecutor. It's like there's there's lots of people who have those connections. And it's cool to hear like first and second person versions of the stories. Totally. It's it's very cool. Okay, so let's change topics a little bit. I'm not going to read you the story i almost said one of the words the word casserole i'm not going to change the casserole of this (laughs) wait sorry i'm not going to here we go hi georgia karen steven and pets my twin sister turned me onto the show around a year ago and i've been hooked ever since i'm not sure if she sent these stories in yet but i'm not telling her i'm sending this because she would definitely try to send something first sisters anywho let's get into it when we were in middle school my sister and i went to a magnet school in the downtown area of a large city in florida it was right across from a general hospital and had giant blue gates to keep out the crazies but some still got in like that one time a guy jumped the fence while running from the police with his mother's head in a grocery bag (gasps) and ran across the football field full of sixth graders in pe uniforms Or the time the school had to go on lockdown for hours while a SWAT team apprehended a convicted murderer at the McDonald's across the street. But the craziest story of all involved our sweet little librarian whose daughter was in our grade who would always let us hang out in her office after school or give us food if we forgot our lunches. She was short, unassuming, with a very motherly presence. After we left that school for our high school down the street, we saw on the news that her husband, a high-ranking naval officer, had died. We all felt terrible for her and her daughter, and my mom even brought her some casseroles so she wouldn't have to worry about cooking dinner. I love that. There was a funeral. Everyone cried and comforted this poor widow, and a college fund was even created for their daughter. I have a feeling. I have a feeling about where we're going. That's right. The casserole was poisoned. No. The, the casserole was a red flag just <laughs> right. right at the top. A few months after we had moved away from Florida, my social media was suddenly filled with people from our old school expressing their shock regarding a recent news article. Turns out our sweet librarian, all caps, murdered her husband yes. with her secret boyfriend so she could avoid getting a divorce and collect his life insurance money to run away with her new man. In complete shock, I showed the article to my mom, and all she could say was, but I baked her a casserole. <laughs> I never found out what happened to her poor daughter, but needless to say, I'll now think twice before trusting sweet librarians. Stay sexy, and for the love of God, get a divorce, and maybe just don't <laughs> live in Florida, Jamie. <laughs> I, it it never ceases to amaze me. Mm-mm. It's all you have to do is go onto like some website like We the People and just drop yep. those papers. It's not that big of a What's deal. What's that legal one? Legalzoom.com? Yeah. Get it. Or legalzoom.net. <laughs> dot edu. <laughs> Pick one and get a divorce. <laughs> dot UK, of course. <laughs> you know I love my pervs. So oh, that's why I picked this one. <laughs> I know you do. I love a perv story. What's in your pants? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not going to read you the subject line. Okay. Hi, y'all. Just want to say thank you for all you do as a Floridian. Oh, oh, it's a theme a theme now where no one takes the pandemic seriously. It's nice to feel community elsewhere. Let's get right to it. My mom has told this story about my aunt my entire life, and it's honestly my favorite non-ghost scary story. Oh, oh what a great beginning. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Because why why not in your life make a list of non-ghost scary yeah. stories and you, to and share? You, and keep them separate. Like when someone needs a story, they, they specifically ask for a ghost story. If not, you've got this other, you know, thing. To yeah, go you off can't of. 
Because there's some people aren't believers. So a right. ghost story doesn't hit them the same way. That's but right. just a regular life scary story of like, oh, do you want me to tell you about the time I found that her milk was being um, poisoned by the neighbor with sleeping pills because eventually his plan was to break into their house while they were drugged. Did you just make that up them? or are you just telling no, me the story? it's your true story. It's one of my scary stories on my scary story list. Oh my God, that's good. It the, And they the only reason they realized it is because the milk had a needle a puncture wound in it. <laughs> Who fucking sees that? It was Who like know? a we- just like a we- by by chance one of them noticed it, and they also just noticed that weird stuff was happening, like stuff was moved, and the other person didn't do it, and it was one of those. Have kind you of never told me this, or am I just always drunk? I get no, no, no. I don't think I've ever told it to you. <laughs> it's a, it's it's the one I keep under my armpit for for four and occasions. a half years. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, and it. Uh, when she told me it was like at a family wedding when I was like 19 and it was just that thing of like, oh, there's all these things yeah. you have to think about when you're yep. a gal living by yourself. That's a pretty important. And that, you know, trust no one on and you'll list. never understand the depths of depravity some people can fucking think of. Check that milk carton. Oh my okay. God. Okay. So. Scary story. My mom and her family grew up in a tiny town in Pennsylvania where no one locked their doors. One night, my aunt got home late. Everyone was asleep and she was just chilling in the kitchen when she heard weird noises from the basement. (laughs) Getting creeped out, she went upstairs into her room and changed into her pajamas. (laughs) I'm creeped out. I'm so scared. I have to have my nightwear on for this. (laughs) Let me get my jammies on. (laughs) In bed, she heard rustling from down um, in the kitchen so instead of waking her parents up three question marks in parentheses <laughs> she decided to pretend to be asleep mm. yeah, uh, she's panicking yeah. she then heard the creak of her stairs and decided to look into her mirror which reflected into the hallway when she saw a man crawling no crawling yes. Yes, crawling up the stairs. No crawling. <laughs> yes, crawling up the stairs. Was he backwards and upside down? Because then that means that you're actually telling us about the movie Hellraiser. Okay. Why she still refused to scream, I do not know, but she proceeded to pretend to be asleep and heard the man enter her room mm. and felt the bed go down. This is like my guess. Yeah, it is. And then she woke up in the hospital. <gasps> ooh, ooh. What? My aunt had a really bad case of pneumonia and in the middle of the night became fevered and delirious to which my uh, Nana took her to the hospital. Oh. My, aunt, my aunt insisted that there had been a man in her room, but my Nana wrote it off saying it was the fever talking. Flash forward a couple of months later, Dude. the town's doctor, yes, there was literally one, it was that small, had a son <gasps> who was caught sneaking into girls' houses and watching them sleep. Okay, I need a breath. Hold on. <laughs> this is... Okay. <laughs> Let's you know what? Let's all inhale for three and exhale. Was that one more time? Inhale for three and exhale for three. (sighs) Go on with this creepy man. (laughs) It's horrifying. Needless to say, my aunt had been proven right, but it wasn't a great win. Anyways, I know this was long, but I thought you might enjoy. By the way, the boy had snuck into my mom's childhood home before, but he had been peeping on my mom, who walked into the house after a day of shopping and heard footsteps upstairs. She proceeded to talk to my Nana as if it were her and changed into the new clothes she bought. She saw someone rush behind her and saw that it was a boy, but he fled out the back door. I tried looking him up 
but my mom forgot his name and Google searching peeping time 1960s something was kind of a grab bag of weird. Mm. It's safe to say that the boy would have eventually hurt someone since he was testing the waters already. Thank you for everything you do and stay sexy and make sure to have a better plan than pretend to be asleep. Mackenzie. I've woken up in the hospital. You have too, I'm sure. Uh, no, no. I Well, I woke up in my apartment and I had to get taken to the um, hospital. What? I, where? I had a seizure as a kid. And what age? I was like 10 or 11. Shit. And I had a seizure and like missed the whole fuck. My sister ran into my mom's bedroom. We had a bunk, shared a bunk bed. And she goes, Mom, George is having a cow. That's not <laughs> really into the Simpsons. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And that's all I remember. And then I woke up in the hospital. So scary. Yeah. But you didn't have to go on medicine or anything? No, it, it was just, just like that- a one time hormonal thing. Like my brother had one too. It's just. Oh, yeah. I think we've talked about yeah, this, right? Just yeah. random. That happens. That ha- happens most of the time. Yeah, but not you. you. You're special. Not me. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my god, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient. Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. If you're like me, you're always looking for a story to dive into. Whether it's a family drama or a mystery to solve, the key to getting hooked is the details. I need rich visuals and intricate storylines, and June's Journey has that and more. June's Journey is a mobile mystery game that follows June Parker, a daring young woman, on a quest to uncover the truth about her sister's murder. This is your chance to test your detective skills because you'll play the game as June herself. Explore beautifully designed scenes from the 1920s, like lavish estates and gardens, and don't forget to keep an eye out for hidden clues. There are twists, turns, and catchy tunes, all leading you deeper into the thrilling storyline. And if you play well enough, you could make it to the detective club. There, you'll chat with other players and compete with or against them. June needs your help, but watch out, you never know which character might be a villain. Shocking family secrets will be revealed, but will you crack the case? Find out as you escape this world and dive into June's world of mystery, murder, and romance. It's all just one tap away. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. That's June's Journey. Download the game for free on iOS and Android. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound... 
means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. This is called fucking hooray. Goddamn flood during a fucking pandemic. What? <laughs> it starts. Sup, nerds. <laughs> Last <laughs> Last week was one fuck of a week. Because I'm working remotely and my partner isn't, I'm sheltering in place with him in Midland, Michigan. If, you, uh, if you've been keeping up with the news, I am not, so totally get if you aren't either. Yes, that Midland, Michigan, that have th- had three dams upriver fail and cause a huge-ass flood. We had yeah. the surreal experience of seeing the pandemic coverage get interrupted to broadcast an emergency evacuation order. God, can you imagine on top of everything else, your fucking town flooding? And it wasn't one dam collapsing. It was fucking three. Like, and it they, was like, yeah, it was crazy. And there yeah. had been warnings for years that they were going to collapse. And then she writes, Jesus, goddamn Christ. We are fine and didn't end up being affected by either the floodwaters or the blackouts. Although many unfortunate people were and just evacuated for a night and spent a lovely evening with his parents. As you might imagine, all this bullshit combined with living in Michigan, where many idiots have decided quarantining slash wearing masks is restricting their personal freedoms to be idiots, has made for a pretty stressful time and we needed an outlet. So while my partner was napping yesterday, I decided to sneak into the creepy unfinished basement and surprise him by making a miniature golf course down there. Oh, wow. I made two holes with leftover carpet coffee mugs for holes and items from around the house, each with a theme. I had to go where my found objects took me, so I used all the weird shit I found down there from previous renters and his old memorabilia, etc. to make a haunted basement slash his childhood themed hole, complete with an abandoned old-timey high chair as a windmill, a box of medical syringes and board games for the boarders, and his old baseball trophies as obstructions. He's a pretty big animal guy, so all his novelty animal paintings became borders and a preserved shark in a jar, honey bear, plush possum, and alligator skull served as obstructions before the hole between the front legs of a large stuffed llama at the house safari-themed hole. <laughs> this person's so creative. It's a lot of work. It took a couple hours, but it was so worth it to see the look on his face and to play together while blasting We Like to Party by the Venga Boys on repeat to really <laughs> dial up the putt-putt vibes. It's horrifying and weird and wonderful and the best thing we have going on in our lives right now besides each other. Not going to send pictures because I truly cannot emphasize how weird and horrifying it is, but we like it. XOXO, Lydia. Wow. This person sounds fun. Lydia, (laughs) I would love to get a drink with you after this nightmare is over. Lydia, you're on one. This this has all the things I like in it. That's this one. Okay. 
it all, it, this title gives it away. <laughs> Hi, friends. Earlier this year, I was riding in the car with my boss and the mayor of the tiny town in Tennessee where I work. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> but, Wait, the, your boss the and or is it the boss your mayor? He's your mayor. With my boss and the mayor of the tiny. It sounds like there's three people in the okay. car. I would assume yeah. there were three. They were driving me around, showing me all the sights and sharing some old Southern gossip. Mm -hmm. I was pretending to be interested. Then somehow sinkholes were brought up and the mayor began to tell me this story. Mm -hmm. I had to force myself to listen and actually get the details because all my brain was yelling was, oh my God, Karen would love this story. <laughs> so here goes. A few miles outside of the town where I work is a historic farm called Rock Rest Farms. In 1902, a man by the name of Elijah Creek bought this 630. 30 acre property and built a stagecoach in that served travelers along the Nashville to Louisville Pony Express line. There were many rumors about Elijah's origins. He claimed to be from an island in the Mediterranean off the coast of Spain, but this story was widely disbelieved. Regardless, the other local people found Elijah to be super creepy. Francois Michaud, the French naturalist, wrote in his diary in 1802 about his stay at Cheeks Inn, quote, fearing that I should witness some murdering scene, I quickly took my leave and put up in an inn about three miles further on, end quote. That Francois trusts his intuition. Yeah, that's right. That's how the French are. Yeah. They, they know how to make good wine and they listen to their gut. Smart. And because of that, they're very thin. <laughs> Francois's gut wasn't wrong. Rumor had it that Elijah would rob and kill the guests in the caves behind the inn where they would store cold foods in the underground stream. These rumors were never confirmed and Elijah died of natural causes in 1818. It's not known exactly when, but at some point after Elijah's death, the caves were searched for signs of the murders. Some jewelry and some small bones were found, but no bodies. Hmm. So jump ahead to me in the car with the mayor and he tells me... <laughs> The mayor. It's like, it's like uh, this person's bragging. Yeah. Like, I hung out with the mayor for the day. Like, that's a really impressive, awesome thing. And I, I love mean, when have so I hung much. out with the mayor? Never. You fucking never. Fucking don't even act. Never. Don't even front like you've hung out with the mayor like this person because you haven't. Okay. So jump ahead to me in the car with the mayor. And he tells me that about 20 years ago, there's a massive flood. And during that flood, there's all kinds of themes in this. Show. Yeah, for sure. A massive flood. And during that flood, a sinkhole located on the property filled completely with water, bringing to the surface a bunch of floating human bones. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. The bones were taken away and tested and found to be dated back to the 1800s. Fuck. These are believed to finally be the discovered bones of several of Elijah Creek's victims. He would murder and rob his victims in the caves and dispose of the bodies by throwing them down the sinkhole where they stayed hidden for nearly 200 years. Wow. A fun little fact, the Stagecoach Inn burned down in 1847. The inn was rebuilt and was again destroyed by Union soldiers. In 1952, another barn on the property was burned down. Maybe the ghosts of Elijah Cheek's pissed off victims stuck around. Anyways, you guys feel like some of my best friends that I get to hang out with every day on my way to work. And when I heard this story, I knew I had to, I had to write in. You were so right. Stay sexy and always check the sinkhole for bodies. Keelan. That had everything you love in it. It, the mayor, I, right, hanging out with the mayor, driving around with the mayor, tiny bones, tiny bones, little tiny bit of treasure in a cave, caves, and and then two hundred year old bones that actually prove an old theory that people were like, you must be insane, yeah. and suddenly it's like in your face. The sinkhole, the sinkhole holds secrets, and one day the sinkhole 
flourishes the secret. Fill, I don't know. The fill, secret's fill up to every, the, You know what I mean? You're, what you're saying is fill every sinkhole <laughs> with water and let's see them <laughs> bones. many bodies. So send us your emails, everyone. Thank you for sending everything in. We know it's an insane time right now. Um, it's probably even crazier than we know it is. Yeah. But um, we're with you. We're together. We're here to make you laugh in times, scary times and times of uh, high stress. We know everyone is going through their own little hell right now. And we're we understand and we're here to support you any way we can. If that's laughing, if that's hearing hor- stories that are way horrible or yeah. somehow uplifting and making you feel stronger. You know, please send those in if you have them, please. Yes, for sure. And stay strong. And remember, if you are scared, help somebody else. It will help you because there's people that are in much worse positions than you are. Probably. Yeah. Reach out. Yeah. 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 And stay sexy. And don't get murdered. Goodbye. Elvis, you want a cookie? (laughs) 